The following audio is from Story City Church in Burbank, California. For more information on Story City, go to storycitychurch.com. Um, so, it is New Year's Eve. Uh, I was thinking through this, obviously, that it's probably the only time in my life that I will pray on New Year's Eve. Uh, I mean, preach on New Year's Eve. I'll pray on New Year's Eve. And... Uh, um, so I did a little research, and I looked at, at New Year's resolutions. I, I thought, what a great time to preach on some things that might bless people's lives and encourage them in the new year. And as I, I researched uh, about New Year's resolutions, it was very curious to see the, what all these lists on the internet about what the top resolutions people make this time of year are. Uh, curiously, in our day and age, I think it's probably different than it used to be uh, because of the culture change we have, the number one the number one across our culture seems to be that we're going to get in shape and we're going to eat better and, and be healthier. Um, but there's also all kinds of, uh, of things about self-improvement, which seem to be the number one goals of New Year's resolutions. So um, New Year's resolutions come because it's this day, this time of year, that we face our mortality in very ways that we don't at other times of the year. The year's turning, a new year ahead, maybe a new decade ahead if you're in the eight or nine or zero years of your life, and you're, you're, you're looking at your life. And one of my favorite psalms is uh, Psalm 90. It's the oldest psalm. It's the only one Moses wrote. And it's interestingly enough, a, a great majority of it's about time. And time is a fascination of mine because it's the one thing I can't control, and I want to control things. So it's, it's a very curious thing to look at time and the short time we have on earth and how we live it. In that psalm, Moses says, teach us to number our days aright, Lord. And uh, in this day and age, as a pastor of recovery and also a man on my own spiritual journey, I know how difficult that is because of the temptations and the way the world operates today and, and what we're chasing in our motives of our heart. And so this lesson is very much about uh, learning to do the interwork, the inner work, which is really the spiritual walk uh, if you study church history. The, most of the desert fathers and the church historians, they recognize that most of the the work that we do uh, as Christians, as believers, is, is to check our inner life, our soul, our hearts, our thoughts, and the way they control us. And uh, I'm a recovering drug addict, and uh, one of the blessings that I had 27 years ago when I was forced into recovery or prison, that was my choices, and I chose recovery, praise the Lord. Didn't know the Lord yet at that time, but um, one of the first things they taught me was how my brain was messed up. You know, I don't know if you ever thought about it, but the brain is the sickest organ in the human body. It, it's beset by sin and ego and selfishness and pride and all the things that, that take us off in directions that would do anything but fulfill us in the long run. And uh, it, it controls us. We have rhythms. We have patterns. We have ways of thinking that are ingrained in our brain that control our lives. And so this time of year, we're often looking at those things going, oh, I need to change that. This year, it's going to be the year. Well, uh, as was said in the prayer, uh, I'm not a fan of New Year's resolutions. And you know why? Because they always fail, uh, it, for me at least. And, and studies show that uh, very few people keep their New Year's resolutions. Somewhere between 6 and 20% are what the studies show. That's not very good odds. And what happens when you set your life to do something and self-improve and you fail, you feel worse than you did when you started. The guilt piles up. There I go. I can't change. I can't change. So 
I'm going to share something with you that I learned early in my journey. And I can't explain why God did the things he did in my life, but I know he's wanting to do similar things in your life. But when I got saved, uh, the Holy Spirit blew into my life. And, and the Holy Spirit showed me, wow, something's changed and truth has changed. Because I believed all these stinking things like I needed drugs to survive. I needed pleasure to be happy. I needed the world to make me full. And it, and it never worked. And so the Spirit was moving in my life. And one of the first things that happened was my church invited a lady in to preach a Saturday teaching um, and I was a sponge at that point. I was like, I got to learn because this is really radically changing the way I think and what I believe. And this lady's name was Becky Tirabasi. You could Google her. And at that time in her life, she was teaching uh, 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 and making money off of how do you do a quiet time with Jesus? Well, I, I, had, I know I hadn't been with Jesus more than three months. And this came across Saturday and I went and listened to her. And God knew what I needed because one of the first things she said was her public testimony. She started by saying, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Bingo. I didn't know they said that in church. That's me. And I was, I was just sucked into what she said, and God knew I needed it. And then she spent the rest of the day taking me through what I'm teaching you today. And I have been, for whatever reason, this very undisciplined man uh, by nature has been practicing practicing this daily for the last 22 years. And, and, and it's unbelievable what it has done for my life. You know, Peter and John in Acts, they were, they were noted by the world as ordinary and unschooled men. Well, that's me. I've got no biblical training, yet I've been a pastor for 21 years. I've got no theological training, but I know the Word of God, and I have put it on my heart so that I might not sin against thee, and it's changed my life. And so I'm going to share this. And one of the things I've, I, I've noted in my life, uh, it's pretty stunning, and may I please come across humbly, i got nothing on anybody. I don't. But I hang out in the Christian world now, almost full-time, and I've been to uh, a thing was two years journey. It's called the journey. And it was a bunch of pastors. And you got together in this room for, with 30 other pastors from all over the country and some from around the world. And they taught people how to have a quiet time with Jesus. And I went in there and I was like, this is nothing but encouraging to me, God, because I've been doing this for so long. But here were pastors who taught the word, who lived the word, who never knew before how to have a quiet time with Jesus. And it changed their lives. Their testimonies are unbelievable once what it did to them. I am a marriage and family and addiction counselor. I do that for a living. And I can tell you for fact that no person who comes into my office for counseling practices what I'm teaching today. And it's a lost art in the world of Christianity to actually spend time with Jesus. Now, that's pretty stunning to me. Not because I've been doing it, but because it seems such a natural part of what Christianity should be about. And so, um, why should we do this? Why should we literally look at our lives and go, where, where am I giving Jesus room in my life? Well, um, first commandment says you should have no other gods before me. Uh, put me on the throne where I belong. Proverbs 3 says, Honor me with the first fruit of your crops, then your barns will be filled with overflowing and your vats will flow over with new wine. But you know what? Those are commands. And I'll be honest, commands don't work for me. They're the law. They make me want to re re reject it. That's why New Year's resolutions don't work for me. I 
I prefer grace and being offered something. So Jesus in John 17, 3 said this, and this is what I'm offering this morning. Not a command, not a resolution, but an offer. Jesus said, now this is eternal life, that they may know you, Father, the true God, and Jesus whom you've sent. So if you want eternal life, you want the kingdom to come, thy will be done, you've got to put Jesus in the proper perspective in your life, and you've got to set time apart to spend time with him because he's worthy, and he cannot be outgiven. And yet I find across the board, can anybody deny our world is getting busier and busier? And, and I, I say with a sense of sorrow and constant prayer that you live probably in the one area of the entire planet where the world and busyness and, and all its temptations are driving at you more dramatically than any other human beings on the planet Earth. I don't know if you consider that, but this city is the centerpiece of worldly stuff and busyness and pursuit of the world and fame and wealth and all the things that our flesh desires and even as believers we are impacted by. So um, let me get to this. How do we do this? And, and let me say, Warren Wiersbe says that um, methods are many, principles are few. Methods always change, principles never do. So this is just a method I was taught. And it's going to seem overwhelming. Did you all get a bookmark when you came in? If you didn't, I hope they can hand them out because it's my notes. And this, you know, I'll show you this. This has been in my Bible for over 15 years. And if you've got a Bible, I hope you do. I know, I know the, 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 the things that suck our brains out are, are where our Bibles are anymore. But I sure prefer the book. And, and I hope you carry one and have one and are in it daily. And you can put this bookmark in there. But... Um, this is just a method, but let's talk about what it takes to prepare for this method. It, it, it takes some prep, and it takes some commitment, and yes, ooh, there we go. There's the New Year's resolution part. Don't do this. Just think about it and realize that you need to find a quiet, comfortable place. Uh, I was with my daughter-in-law. She goes, I don't know where to find that. I got two girls. I, and let me say, I, I have incredible grace towards my wife because when I was taught this 22 years ago, my wife took care of Tyler and Tim, and she gave me this time. And, and, and my boys grew up watching me be in the Word every morning. And, and I think that's part of the fruit of my life, is that they know the value of the Word of God. But my wife gave me that gift. And you women, it's much harder. I've watched it over the years. Your lives are busier. Your husbands are going to work. you got... You got everything to take care of, and husbands have some grace because uh, you wouldn't want to change places with them uh, in most situations. And, but, and husbands, you want to do something good for your wife, make sure they have a time for this because I guarantee you my life is better when my wife's in the Word and my wife is spending time with Jesus. It's the best investment I can offer her for me is to make sure she has some time to do this process. So you got to find a quiet, comfortable place without too many distractions. I'm a very focused person, so I literally, if I'm reading and thinking, life goes away. God made me that way, and it's really a blessing. But if you're absolutely distracted by, by sounds and sights, you're going to have to find a more quiet, comfortable place. You need your Bible. You need a journal. And this is the hardest part of my whole lesson. You know, when they told me in AA, you got to get a journal... 
I said, okay, I'll get a journal. They said, I said, why do I need a journal? They say, they say you've got stinking thinking. You think, you realize how sick and selfish you are to have ever become an addict? Your brain thinks stupid. And you've got to start writing down your thinking patterns if you're ever going to know them. And Dawson Trotman said this, God's thoughts are clarified when they come through your lips, but much more importantly, your finger trips. Why did God give us his word in writing? Because it's permanent and it can't be altered. When we write down our thoughts, we slow down. Our thoughts slow down. I don't know if you've ever thought how fast your brain's thinking, but I can only speak of mine, and I'm not ADHD. My brain is going 1,000 miles a minute, and 99% of what I think about throughout the day dissipates into oblivion. When I write it down, I slow down, and I begin to know myself, and I begin to know God. So it's really important that you get a journal and begin to write. And I can't tell you how many guys go, I'm not doing that. And I'm going to go, well, you're not going to change then. Because if you don't track your thoughts, you won't change. Because they're ingrained. We now know enough about brain chemistry to know there's ruts in your brain based on the way you think and what you practice. So you really need a journal. So this is called Sparks Law. Now, that's stupid. People laugh and go, that's not cool. Well, it's not, but you'll remember it. And, and in my ministry, people know what Spartzla is. And they, the ones who practice it, and this isn't about me, their lives get better. Uh, and the ones who don't, they stay the same. And their lives, this is a pathway to a better 2018 that I hope you will take some note of and realize that it's lengthy, that's why I gave you the bookmark, it's not that complicated, and with a little practice it becomes ingrained and quite natural to where you don't need the bookmark anymore. But here's the deal, this is method. Practice it in your way. Put it into effect in your life how it fits for you. You, you people who tend to be more anal, let go of things and do it free and not worry about the details because if you worry about the details, this will take two hours a day and you guys don't have that and neither do I. So I, I recommend I can do this today in 20 minutes like that if I'm in a rush. And some days I am in a rush. But when I have time, I now spend an hour and a half doing this every day because it's so valuable. But that sounds overwhelming to the average person. So start with 10 minutes a day. Just putting some of these principles into effect and watch your life unfold. So the S stands for surrender. The first thing I do every day is I surrender to God. That's the third step of recovery. And I don't know about you, but every morning for most of my life, the first thing when I opened my eyes in the morning lying in bed, I felt fear. That was who I was. It was ingrained into my thinking patterns. It was automatic. And I now know the demon called fear was working on me at night. And so when I awoke and opened my eyes, whew, fear, whatever it was, it may not have even been anything to fear, but that was my feeling. So I had to begin to track my thoughts. So I surrender my thoughts to God as soon as I open up my eyes. Interesting thought, one of the things I used to note was if I'm filled with fear, it's all about me, and I wake up selfish, and I get out of bed, and I'm thinking about me and all these things. Now I know if I surrender to God, I think about my wife first because that's the most important person in my life. And I get my brain off of me through surrender and make sure if she's awake, I welcome her to the day with a positive thought, a good marriage counseling technique. So um, a scripture, 
Romans 12, it's, this is a, a huge part of my lesson, but therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies, everything, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Do not be transformed, do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, what you're trying to break, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, tracking your thoughts. There's a promise, an incredible promise. Then you will be able to test and approve God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. If you take that scripture at, at its face value, you can't know God's will without surrender. Your cha- the, the, the ways your brain thinks is too powerful. It controls you to the patterns of this world. So you've got to surrender. That's the first thing I do. Then I'm feeling fear. That's what I feel. It's my nature. I don't feel that way anymore, but this has changed me. But I go straight to the P, and that's a praise. And the psalms are the places of praise. So I go through a psalm every day. One psalm. I've been in 119. Curiously, I finished it today. I take a week maybe to get through Psalm 119, longest uh, chapter in the scriptures. But I just, I have grace towards myself. I read what I feel like reading. But here's the key, and and I'm going to, you need to write down what jumps out at you in that word. Because, you know, you can read the word and read the word and read the word, and you're going to get the stories That's natural. That's why we read books. But God is speaking to you, and you need to write down what in that psalm jumps out at you that day. It may be fear not. It may be crush my oppressors. You may be really angry that morning. I don't know what God's going to say, but something's going to jump out at you. Write it in your journal. Um, I picked Psalm 103. It's my favorite. It's a memory psalm at this point in my life. But praise the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. And forget not all his benefits. Who forgave all your sins? Your sins are forgiven. Who, who uh, heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit of addiction and crowns you with love and compassion for other people? Most important scripture for me, who satisfies your desires now with good things. I used to chase everything ugly with my life because it's all I knew. It's all I had was the world and its offerings. Today, I'm satisfied with things that God taught me were better for me. And that's his transition in my life. But then your youth will be renewed like an eagle. And so go through a praise. And by the time you're done with praising, my fear's gone because God's replaced it with praise. You can't think praise and be fearful. Okay? And you may go right back to it because that may be the pattern in your brain and you've got to re- change your thoughts, but initially you're going to find, wow, I'm feeling better. Oops, there I went. Oh, man. But, but slowly but surely the praise will take place. The next is the A. That's admit. You know what? We all sin. You know what? I'm a sinner saved by the Lord. And every day I have to review my life so that the guilt doesn't build up in my soul and cloud my thinking so that I can't pray purely or know the Lord purely. So I stay clean before the Lord and another human being, by the way. And my sponsor knows everything about me. But I, I come to the Lord and I write down, ooh, here it is. I write down what I did wrong yesterday. And I come clean before the Lord. It's the tenth step in recovery, by the way. But pride, fear, lust, pleasure, comfort, control, resentment, anger, all those things, there's no fear, no temptation that isn't common to man. (laughs) And I struggle with all those things just as you do. God knows it. Why do we hide? 
Why do we run? Why do we fear? Just bring it to him and take it to him and say, that's me, God. That's who I am in my flesh. I bring it to you and I admit it. And that will remove the guilt. That will set you free for the next step. Oh, the scripture there. And I've been, this is the one Becky Terbasi taught me uh, 22 years ago. Psalm 139, 23, 24. It's a beautiful prayer for the 10th step or the admit part of your daily time with Christ. But it's search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. If you pray that prayer with purity... God's grace is going to, he's going to say, thank you. I'm not, I'm not here to punish you. I'm not here to tell you how bad you are or how that you need to do a New Year's resolution. He's going to say, that's what I want from you is honesty. I want to know that you know you're human and, and I'm God and you're not. And, and so uh, next is the R. Once we've gotten through the admit part, God will begin to open up a cleaner pathway for our requests and and he will begin to have a, a a greater heart to answer your prayers and i write down my prayers every day and i guarantee you the praise in my journal 22 years my request 22 years ago and i have these journals lined up in my closet all across the top shelf the the prayers 20 you know one of the things i used to pray for is a silver porsche um <laughs> I really want a silver Porsche. You know, well, people go, you shouldn't pray for that. That's, no, God knows I want a silver Porsche. I'll be glad to pray for it. Um, but I also know, he may know, that if I get it, I'll go 152 miles an hour and kill somebody and myself. So he knows whether it's best for me to have that silver Porsche. So I don't covet it, but I want it. Now, truth is, I don't pray for a silver Porsche anymore. I now pray almost exclusively for other people. I have some things I pray for myself, but that's a total life change of God working me. Matthew 7, he said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. So you don't have to be afraid to bring your request to God. I know some theologians say, yo, don't pray selfishly. <laughs> you know what? God knows. So it's not, you don't have to fear bringing your request to God. So next is the T. And that's the Thanksgiving part. And today, this is absolutely my favorite part. I don't know when it really shifted to, to this part of my life, but, but today I literally feel his spirit literally filling me like a balloon as I give him thanks for everything I have. If you knew where I came from and the pit of despair and hopelessness headed toward prison to a life where my son, both my sons lead worship for a living, uh, he, you know, he wrote that song, his... He wrote a bunch of great music. And you, to think that your son's sitting there producing music that's being bought on, on, on iTunes and, and is making God known is the greatest of gifts to a father. But you know what? 27 years ago, I would have thought, he's nuts. <laughs> you don't want to do that with your life. But today, I'm filled with joy. And so I have so much to be thankful for. I, I can't tell you. This is a little bit personal, but today, my Thanksgiving is always creative. I write a lot of poems. I write a lot of songs. Nobody will ever see them. It's just my heart to God. And, and 20 years ago, I had no creativity in me. But today, I write poetry because of my thanks. And it just flows out of my spirit because I'm 
filled with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. By the time I'm to my T, because I've given in praise and I've surrendered and I've admitted and I've requested and I've now, thank you, God. Life is so good. And then I get heaven. (laughs) Are you kidding me? We are so blessed as a people. Then, interestingly enough, now we get to the Word of God. The S stands for Scripture. And, 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 you know, Charles Spurgeon says, a Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to a person whose life isn't. And, And it's astounding to me. Marriage counseling. Are you in the Word? No. No, I don't have any room for that. I'm so busy. My kids are up. I don't have time. i got to go to work. There's every excuse in the world to not be in the Word of God. And God is speaking, but the, and He's speaking through different methods, but the surest way He's speaking is through His Word. And you have to know it to live it. And, and so I'm an ordinary unschooled man, but they took note. He's been with Jesus. And today I can say I've been with Jesus more than any person in the universe other than my wife. And that's an astounding thing, but you've got to get in the Word. And so here's what I was taught. It seems a little overwhelming. If you've only got 10, 15 minutes, you can still do this. Just be in the Word, because that's the most important part. But I do one chapter in the New Testament every day. That's what I was taught. And I have my journal out, and I'm reading it, and I'm looking for the scriptures that jump out at me as I read the page. And I make note of them in my journal. And uh, today I was in 2 Corinthians 2. Okay, that's where I was this morning. I was in Psalm 119, finished it, 2 Corinthians 2. And then I read a chapter of the Old Testament. Today, Isaiah 55. Whew, rich, rich. Um, uh, and, and I make note of what jumps out at me. Then I read the proverb of the day. You know, James, I don't know if you know, James says, ask God for wisdom and he'll apply it liberally, but don't be double-minded. Just be willing to apply the wisdom and watch out what happens. Today, this drug-addicted, selfish pig of a man, people come to me for counseling. Go figure. (laughs) I mean, seriously. You know, Psalm 119 says, if you're in his word, you'll become wiser than all your teachers. And, And... that's true, but you've got to be in his word. And so I read a chapter of the Old Testament, then I read a Proverbs a day. You may have heard this, probably have, but there's 31 chapters of Proverbs. Where was I today? Proverbs 31. Reminds me what an incredible wife I have. Wife of noble character. Who can find? And uh, it reminds me to love her well. And, and it's a beautiful, beautiful scripture. Um, All scriptures God breathed, all of it, perfect, flawless, perfect for teaching, rebuking. I don't get much rebuking, honestly, but it can rebuke me. It can sure correct and counsel me, and it can train me up for all the good works which God has prepared for me in advance for me to do in my life. And, you know, we're chasing the world. How many hours a day, how many, day, how many hours a week... It's pretty hard to know God's will if you don't surrender and test and approve what his will is. And so you, you need to do this. Then, then the most edgy part here, and I'm closing up, is the L. And that's listening. You know, God is speaking. Um, Jesus said this, in, in fact, 
In fact, for this reason I was born, and for this reason I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Well, we have the Holy Spirit. He doesn't only speak through his word. We have the Holy Spirit. He speaks through his still, small voice in our heads. And I don't know about you. I know about you. Um, we have three voices in our heads. Let me define them. You have the voice of evil. There's no temptation that isn't common to man, and we know where temptations come. God never tempts you. Your selfish desires are there, and the devil tempts you, and you give in, and you fall to temptation. It's clearly spelled out in Scripture. Well, the Satan is constantly casting temptations into your brain to do something purely evil. And you, it's not that hard to know if you're paying a little attention to your thoughts and you're writing them down. Uh, and, but we also have our own thoughts, our own DNA, our own energy. And you know what? It's filled with sin, and it's selfish, so your own thoughts always say I and me. That, that's what they're driving, and you need to know them and write them down. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I want. No longer the silver Porsche, but I still want stuff. And, and so, so i got to pay attention. But then you've got the Holy Spirit and God's voice, and you need to slow down. By this point in your time, if you've spent the appropriate time doing this process, you will have a clear voice in your head that you will be able to discern as God's. And you know what? I write down what he's saying to me. I know that's weird, but it works. And it's blessed my life tremendously. And 90% of the days, some, I go out and I know exactly why he told me. And that's the A, application. Because by the time you finish this, you've got something noted from the Psalms. You've got something noted from a chapter in the New Testament. You've got something noted from a chapter in the Old Testament. You've got something noted from Proverbs. And there's a thread for exactly what you're dealing with in your life that day. Or that week. Or that year. Because you haven't followed. And it just lines up. And you go, this is what God wants me to do today. Sometimes I don't know why he tells me that. And then I'm in a counseling session. And I go, bingo. That's why you told me that, God. But you need to listen and then say, looking back over what I've spent time with you today on, God, this is what you're saying to me. So do not merely listen to his word. And so deceive yourself, but do what it says. You know, last thing I'll say is that, you know, I've, def I've, I've discerned there's not a lot, there's a lot of gray in life, but... But I believe I'm either believing a lie, something selfish, or temptation, or I'm believing the truth. And if I'm believing the truth and living it out and applying it and knowing it to my life, my life is on an upward swing that's pretty quick. Because it, it, to follow God is rare, and, and he, he is uh, there to uh, reward any of us who earnestly seek him, Hebrews 11:6. And so if you're seeking him and you're following him and you're believing the truth over the lies, your life's going to get better. If I'm, if I'm believing and thinking lies, then my life's going to get worse. And, and so it's really not as complex as we want to make it. And above my desk in my office, I have a, a sign that says, keep it simple. You know, it's a recovery reminder, but, you know, life is only complex uh, because we make it complex. To do the next right thing because we know it and we know the Savior who's offering it to us uh, is the way to go. And, and uh, this is eternal life, to know you, Father, the only true God, and Jesus whom he sent. That is 
my prayer for you for 2018. Band, you can come back up. Let me pray. Lord, seems like a lot, I know. It's, a, it's like drinking from a fire hose the first time you hear it, Lord, but it's, it can be applied in such a short time. So bless people who are listening with uh, Spartzla, Lord. I know uh, you gave it to Becky Tiribasi to give to me, and now I've offered it to this, uh, the, the, these people in this city uh, where stories are being produced. Would they be your stories, Lord? In Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm.